You are listening to The Pregnancy Podcast with Vanessa Merton. Hello, and thank you for tuning into The Pregnancy Podcast. Be sure to check out the 40 Weeks Podcast to find out how your baby is developing this week, what the heck is going on with your pregnant body, plus get a tip for dad. All of this in under just five minutes, and you can find 40 Weeks everywhere that you listen to The Pregnancy Podcast or go to PregnancyPodcast.com forward slash week. Last week, we talked about bottle feeding. We got into all of your options on different types and styles of bottles and went through the basics to be a pro at bottle feeding. That episode wrapped up a short series on breastfeeding and pumping. This week, we are talking about infant formula. The majority of babies will get fed formula in the first year of their life, and this episode has some great information on what your options are, what the ingredients are, and anything else you need to know to decide what formula is right for your little one. You already know that breastfeeding is amazing and that no laboratory can recreate the breast milk that you can produce for your little one. If you do decide to give formula to your baby, that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to stop breastfeeding altogether. Many moms do do both. Any amount of breast milk that your baby gets is awesome, even if it isn't at every meal. And whether you go two weeks, two months, or even two years, any breast milk your baby gets is going to be beneficial. Babies need breast milk or formula as their primary source of nutrition for the first year of life. Of course, there are a lot of benefits to breastfeeding past their first birthday, but in general, you would stop giving them formula after that point. Moms choose to supplement with formula or to exclusively formula feed for a ton of different reasons. Breastfeeding is a relationship, and if it isn't working for you or isn't working for your baby, you do have the option to use formula. The main reason that you should give your baby formula is because it is an informed decision that you are making. You listen to the pregnancy podcast. You are way more educated about all of this stuff than most moms out there. And you know what is best for your body, your baby, and your lifestyle. My job is just to supply you with all of the information available, and then it's up to you to make the best choice for your personal situation. When it comes to choosing an infant formula, you have a lot of options. Just walk down that aisle in your grocery store and you will see there are floor to ceiling packages with brilliant marketing telling you that each formula is the best. So which one is the absolute best? Well, I really wish that were an easy answer, but after listening to this episode, you will have a much better idea of the pros and cons of all your options and be able to decide which one is right for your baby. I feel like I could do about 10 episodes really diving deep into each ingredient and formula. There are a lot of considerations. This episode is really intended as an overview, so I do encourage you to look further into ingredients or any of the things that we are talking about today if you still have questions. The world's first commercial infant formula was developed in 1867. Before this time, if a mother could not breastfeed her baby, she employed a wet nurse. This was somebody who was producing breast milk and breastfed another mother's baby. Of course, pumps weren't around back then, and while this may seem pretty socially unacceptable now, it certainly wasn't back then. In the 1920s and 30s, evaporated milk formula was pretty popular, and it really wasn't until the 50s that commercial formulas started replacing evaporated milk. 
By the early 70s, over 75% of babies in the United States were fed on formula. Today, the vast majority of babies are given formula. At six months old, less than 80% of babies are exclusively breastfed, and that number continues to decline as babies get older. So you can see formula is widely used. And if you are planning to feed your baby formula, it would be good for you to know a little bit about it. Since the inception of formula, manufacturers have spent a pile of money and resources trying to mimic breast milk as closely as possible. All the ingredients that go into formula are in one way or another mimicking what is actually in breast milk, but that doesn't mean that they are exactly identical. The formula available today is the best that we have ever had available, and it is continuing to improve over time. If your baby isn't breastfed or needs to be supplemented, formula is the next best thing. You have several options for types of formula, and those are going to vary according to what they are based on. Cow's milk-based formulas have whey and casein as a protein source. Most babies do pretty well on cow's milk formula, but some who are allergic to the proteins in it may need other types of infant formula. Soy-based formulas can be useful if you want to exclude animal proteins from your child's diet or for babies who are intolerant or allergic to cow's milk formula or to lactose, and that's a carbohydrate found in cow's milk. You also have protein hydrolysate formulas, and these contain protein that's been broken down or hydrolyzed either partially or extensively. The proteins are broken down into smaller sizes than you would find in cow's milk or soy-based formulas. And these types of formulas are meant for babies who don't tolerate cow's milk or soy-based formula as well. So with those proteins really broken down, they are easier to digest. Goat's milk-based formulas are gaining traction, but they still aren't widely popular with big U.S. manufacturers. Protein in goat's milk is more easily and rapidly digestible than cow's milk, and goat's milk contains only trace amounts of an allergenic casein protein, which is found in cow's milk, and the casein in goat's milk is also more similar to human milk. Scientific studies have not found any decreased incidence of allergy with goat's milk, but many moms do swear by it. Goat's milk contains slightly lower levels of lactose than cow's milk. It has 13% more calcium, 25% more vitamin B6, 47% more vitamin A, 134% more potassium and three times more niacin. And it also contains 27% more of the antioxidant selenium. On the other hand, cow's milk contains five times as much vitamin B12 as goat's milk and 10 times as much folic acid. The lack of availability of goat's milk-based formulas has spurred some moms to make formula at home. This was most recently in the news with reality TV star Kristen Cavalieri saying that she makes a goat's milk-based formula at home. Making your own formula at home is not recommended. It would really be impossible to include all of the ingredients in the right amounts for your baby. Formula is a very carefully developed substance with precise amounts of dozens of nutrients. Bottom line, doctors don't recommend it. On the same note, it is not recommended to add ingredients to existing formula. This could include vitamins, cereal, fatty acids, olive oil, any kind of animal milk, or anything else unless your doctor recommends it. If you do use formula, 
To be on the safe side, don't make it at home, just buy it. It's really important to follow the instructions on the water to formula ratio, and you never ever want to water down formula more than is instructed on the label. Too much water for a baby can cause water intoxication. And with powdered formula, you also want to use the scoop that came with that specific container. Don't use another scoop or measurement from another brand because it may not be exactly the same. So once you've figured out what type of formula you want to use, you have a few options on the composition. The first is ready to use. This type of formula is really convenient since the water is already mixed in. You literally just pour it in a bottle and go. Ready to use formula is also probably going to be the most expensive. Liquid concentrate is slightly faster to prepare than powdered formula since you don't have to get the powder to dissolve, but you still have to mix it with some water. So this is going to be a little bit cheaper than ready to use formula, but still more expensive than powder. So powdered formula is the cheapest and the most popular. And of course, it just comes in a powdered form that you mix with water. Infant formula is big business. You see advertising everywhere, and these companies stand to make a big profit from sales. As of 2015, the global infant formula market was estimated at $22.3 billion. When you're purchasing formula, you have the option to buy brand name or generic. You should know that all formula is regulated by the FDA in the U.S., and it must contain the minimum recommended amount of nutrients that infants need. Other countries are going to have similar standards that are governed by organizations similar to the FDA. In many instances, the only difference between generic and brand name is going to be the price. Although whether you're buying generic or name brand, you definitely want to read the label and ingredients because specific ingredients are going to vary from brand to brand and this can make a difference. Although different types of brands of formula are going to vary in their ingredients, all formulas have six main ingredients. These are carbohydrate, protein, fat, vitamins, minerals, and other nutrients. The biggest thing that separates one brand of formula from the next are the specific carbohydrate and proteins it uses and any other additional ingredients included. The main carbohydrate in breast milk is lactose. This is also the main carbohydrate in cow's milk-based formulas. Corn maltodextrin is sometimes used as a secondary source of carbohydrate in formula. Formulas that are lactose-free, soy, and some special formulas can contain sucrose or corn maltodextrin, modified cornstarch, or corn syrup solids. Often in organic formulas, you're going to see brown rice syrup on that ingredient list for the main carbohydrate. Breast milk is naturally sweet, and these ingredients are working to mimic that. The protein in breast milk contains about 60% whey and 40% casein. The majority of formulas have a similar protein content, or they're going to contain 100% whey, but the ratio may differ from one brand to the next. Soy formulas contain soy protein isolate. Some brands use partially hydrolyzed soy protein to allow for easier digestion. And extensively hydrolyzed formulas contain proteins that are completely broken down into their building blocks, which are amino acids. So we talked about these a couple minutes ago, but this really allows these types of formulas to be easily absorbed. And extensively hydrolyzed formulas are considered hypoallergenic. 
and those are used for babies who have a protein allergy. If you have a little one who's exhibiting any signs at all of an allergy, definitely talk to your pediatrician. They're going to be a really great resource to help you find a formula that works. Breast milk is high in fat, and it contains a blend of monounsaturated, polyunsaturated, and saturated fat. Formulas use a variety of oils to try and match the fat makeup of breast milk, and these can include soy oil, coconut oil, palm or palm olein oil, and high oleic sunflower oil. Although palm and palm olein oil are widely used, there is some research that these fats can reduce absorption of fat and calcium. So a baby drinking formula with palm oil would probably not absorb as much fat and calcium as they would from a formula that doesn't contain this oil. So I'll go ahead and put a link to this research in the show notes if you would like to read more on that. There are also some special formulas for premature babies or infants who are having trouble digesting or absorbing nutrients. And these special formulas have medium chain triglycerides, which require less effort to digest and are more easily absorbed. And if you're going to be on one of those kind of special formulas, that's probably going to be a recommendation by your pediatrician. It would be really nice if vitamins and minerals were really easy to understand on the ingredient label. Things like ferrous sulfate is iron, sodium ascorbate is vitamin C. You can see, unless you know the chemical compounds of these vitamins, it may be tough to figure it out. Keep in mind that all formulas are required to have specific amounts of all essential nutrients your baby needs. So if you're concerned that your little one isn't getting enough of a particular vitamin or mineral, then bring it up with your pediatrician. Iron is a buzzword that you're going to hear when talking about ingredients in formula. The American Academy of Pediatrics recommends that all healthy babies who are not breastfed exclusively be given iron fortified formula until they reach one year old. Iron is vital to the blood's ability to circulate oxygen, and of course, all of the body's cells need that to function properly. Studies have shown that getting enough iron in the first year of life is also important for brain development. A baby's iron stores are established in the third trimester, so premature babies might need a little bit extra help in getting plenty of iron. Often, breast milk is cited as being low in iron, but it's really much easier absorbed than the iron in formulas. Your baby is going to absorb 50 to 70% of iron in breast milk and only between 1 and 12% from formula, depending on the type. All formulas are fortified with iron, and whether you're using 100% formula or some combination of formula and breast milk or even exclusively breastfeeding, you shouldn't need to worry about your baby getting enough iron. Nucleotides are the building blocks of DNA and RNA, and these are naturally present in breast milk. Nucleotides have several functions and may aid in immune system development. Different brands of formula have different amounts of nucleotides added. More basic and clinical research studies are really needed to further define the biology and the role of human milk nucleotides and to really assess what the potential benefits are and the appropriate levels of adding nucleotides to formula. The science of infant formula is constantly evolving, and manufacturers are consistently working to make formula as close to breast milk as possible. 
Rice starch is added to some formulas that might help alleviate if your baby is dealing with some acid reflux. Formulas that contain rice starch are thicker and they're thought to be easier for some babies to keep down and a better alternative than adding rice cereal to milk for young babies. Like we mentioned before, definitely talk to your pediatrician before thinking about adding anything to formula, even just baby cereal. Dietary fiber occurs naturally in all plant-based foods, and formulas containing fiber are really geared to help babies avoid diarrhea. Amino acids are another thing that you may see on labels, and these are the building blocks of protein. These are sometimes added to formulas to try and match the amino acids in breast milk. Two additional ingredients that you might see added to formula are DHA and ARA. These are omega-3 fatty acids that are found in breast milk and certain foods like fish and eggs, and these are really important for brain and vision development. Although the FDA approved the addition of DHA and ARA to infant formulas, they do caution that the scientific evidence is mixed. Although today almost all brands of formula sold in the U.S. are now fortified with DHA and ARA. Prebiotics are undigestible carbohydrates that promote the growth of probiotics. And probiotics are a good bacteria that lives in your intestines and gut. The science of gut health is really been taking off and we are still trying to fully understand it. Early studies of adding prebiotics and probiotics to formula are really encouraging, but the long-term benefits of these additions aren't fully understood. It is becoming more common to see pre and probiotics added to formula, so you can probably expect to see that on the label. One ingredient you may not see listed on a label, but that you may be concerned about if you're buying a liquid formula is BPA. We talked briefly about BPA in the last episode, and if you're not familiar with it, BPA is a chemical that is a hormone disruptor. BPA has been used for a long time in the protective lining in metal-based food cans. So the good news is that BPA has been banned from infant formula packaging, so it's not something that you're going to need to worry about if you are buying a liquid formula. A big question when buying formula is whether or not to buy organic. The organic food movement has been gaining traction, and this has really been true in infant formula. The argument for buying organic formula is really the same as buying any food organic. For formula to be labeled organic, 95% of its ingredients have to come from farms that use sustainable agriculture practices. So this means that they don't use conventional pesticides, they don't use any fertilizers made with synthetic ingredients, there's no bioengineering, so no GMO ingredients, and no ionizing radiation is used. Organic also applies to any animals used to produce organic foods, and for something to be labeled as organic, animals must not have been given any antibiotics or growth hormones. As soy formula has become increasingly popular, it is worth noting that as of 2015, 94% of soy grown in the U.S. was genetically modified. So if that is something that you are concerned about, you probably want to consider an organic formula just to make sure that that soy is not GMO. 
Also, most formulas contain some type of corn-derived product. This could be something as obvious as corn syrup in the ingredient list, or it could be a little bit more obscure, like glucose syrup solids, which is often derived from corn. In the U.S., 89% of corn is a genetically modified organism. So there is a lot of controversy over GMO foods and not a lot of research proving its safety. So if you do want to avoid GMO, the easiest way to do that is going to be to buy organic and just understand those ingredient lists. Buying organic is almost always a little bit more expensive, but that doesn't mean that you have to break the bank. If organic formula is something that is important to you, look around and compare some different brands. I'm sure that you can find an organic formula that fits within your budget. When you are shopping for formula, there are some things that you can do to try and save money. First of all, don't stock up before your baby's born. You might need to try out a few different types or brands of formula and filling your pantry with a formula that your baby ends up not liking would be a total waste of money. You can find some great deals by shopping major retailers like Walmart, Target, and Costco, and their prices are going to probably be a little bit lower than a conventional grocery store. Once you do find a formula that your little one likes, buying in bulk is a good way to save money. This could be buying larger quantities at a warehouse store like Costco or just stocking up when you find it on sale. A final tip is to visit the website for the brand of formula that you use and often you can sign up for their email list and get some coupons and deals via email. Formula can be expensive, but what are you going to do? Keep in mind that after your baby turns one, they're going to be eating plenty of solid foods and formula is not a necessity. So even though it might seem like you're spending a lot of money on it now, you're not going to be buying this stuff forever. This episode had a ton of information on infant formula. All the choices can be really confusing. After all of this, if you still aren't sure which type of formula to go with, you can always talk to your pediatrician. Let them know what things are important to you or if there's any ingredients that you want to avoid. And they can be a great resource in assisting you in picking out some different types and brands to try. And then, of course, just keep an eye on your baby. If a formula does not agree with them, you will definitely know. To recap everything that we talked about in today's episode, we went into all of your options on infant formula, got into what the different ingredients are, and what you need to know to decide on a formula that's right for your little one. I want to thank you so much for tuning in to the Pregnancy Podcast today. I really hope that you found this episode helpful. Next week, we are talking about midwives and OBGYNs. It can be really confusing figuring out who does what and which care provider is really right for you. I'm going to break it down so you know the difference between the two and figure out what is better for you and for the birth experience that you want and you're planning for. As always, you can contact me, Vanessa, at PregnancyPodcast.com. You can find notes and resources for this episode at PregnancyPodcast.com forward slash episode 33. And there is also a Pregnancy Podcast community on Facebook. I would love for you to join me in there. And please, if you have any questions at all or anything I can help with, 
don't hesitate to go ahead and put a post in there and I will do my best to help you out. And chances are there are some other expecting parents in the group that probably are wondering about the same things. And of course, if you want to hear what is going on with your baby this week, you can check out the 40 Weeks podcast and you can find that everywhere you listen to the Pregnancy Podcast or go to PregnancyPodcast.com forward slash week. <laughs>